This program is intended for mature audiences. Parental discretion is advised. Like, he's there, but he's bad and he's evil and everything else, but he's still good. The dingo's got my baby! Oh, I can tell you, then I'd have to kill you. We all enjoy our veggie right for breakfast, lunch, and You've just tuned into the Creepy Crap Podcast, the Australian horror podcast hosted by Daniel Craig. So it's time to pour yourself a glass of rainwater from the top end, grab a few shrimp off the barbie, and let's start the show. Welcome, Creepy Crapsters, to the Creepy Crap Podcast, the Australian horror podcast hosted by me, Daniel Craig. It's the most spookiest time of the year. Yes, it's Halloween, it's October, and I could not go the month without doing at least one Halloween movie. So I've chosen to do the 2020 movie, Hubie Halloween. It goes for an hour and 43 minutes, has a rating of 5.2 on Internet Movie Database, and I'll read you the summary right now. Despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem and its Halloween celebration, Hubie Dewar is a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. But this something is going bump in the night and it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. So this movie stars Adam Sandler, there's also Julie Bowen, Ray Liotta and then Michael Chiklis and then it's a Happy Madison production so it's always the usual cast, Kevin James, Tim Meadows, Maya Rudolph, Rob Schneider, all those guys, they're all in it. So if you've seen any Adam Sandler movie recently there's a good chance you've seen most of the cast already so that's the movie, Hubie Halloween and just remember to stick around after the podcast because it will be a great track for you to listen to so let's get talking about about Hubie Halloween. This movie starts off with one of the greatest cameos ever. It's so good. I can't believe it. It's so, I was like, holy shit. If you loved Happy Gilmore, it's so good. He's like, excuse me, sir. Can I trouble you for a nice glass of warm milk? It helps me go to sleep. I could trouble you for a nice glass of shut the hell up. You're in my world now, grandma. You sleep when I tell you to sleep. Hal L, played by Ben Stiller, returns. He now works in a state mental hospital. And he's like, hey, you're in my world now. And he's like, I've got a delivery for Loon E-Tunes. <laughs> checks the blanket. It's shaking and all that it's just jello and hot dogs it's like how long did you save that up for like the dick is hot dogs all that sort of shit the windows open he's escaped psycho on the loose and you see someone running down the front driveway up pops hubie halloween and that's the start of the movie so the movie starts with adam sandler he's riding down the hill on a bike i assume he can't ride a car he's always playing these characters like i don't know if they're meant to be sort of like mentally not with it or something like that he's got this stupid mouth and he's got this dumb like hey pleasure to meet you it's like these aren't funny anymore stop doing characters with these like dumb accents that aren't funny or not explained whatsoever why you do that if he was slow or something like that like Bobby Boucher is a bit slower and all that sort of stuff that makes sense this isn't Bobby Boucher 20 years later and he's going down kids are throwing eggs at him and this is a gag that progressively gets worse over time they just keep throwing bigger and more dangerous things and just completely unmentioned it's just happening but he catches all these things in his fucking flask that he has his Swiss army flask he catches all these eggs mix it up thanks for the free breakfast and then he drinks it rock Balboa style and then he vomits like projectile vomits just keeps riding crashes into a car flips over the fucking thing he's saying hello to people on the way there as well no one wants to talk to him no one helps him whatsoever he just sort of falls anyone does this they'd be in a fucking coma with broken bones but he just gets up nothing happened sees Julie Bowen she's the love of his life I guess he's looking at her all dreamy but she looks at him like she's like oh my god doesn't go over and help him at all so Hubie starts his job he works at the local deli at the grocery store he works with this like smart ass Indian 
Indian kid. Number 59. And then it comes up. It's Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta was in Goodfellas and now he's in movies like this. You're like, what are you doing, man? What a fucking talent wasted. But he's like, oh, hey, pube. He's like, it's actually uh, with a H. And he's like, no, it's not. Kid walks past with a fucking trolley full of eggs. He's like, oh, Doyle, you're not going to throw them at houses, are you? He's like, shut up, Hubie. And like, everyone talks to him like shit. And he just takes it. He's just like, why are you letting these little kids walk over you? The O'Doyle thing's a nice little nod back to like previous movies. There's a few little Easter eggy type things like that in the movie. Ray Liotta and this kid have somehow planned this little prank. Scares the shit out of him because Hubie's easily scared by things. And they're just like, <laughs> And he's like, pleasure working with you. And he's like, why do you let these kids do this to you, man? Ray Liotta, fair enough. He's pretty big and scary looking. But the kid, what the fuck? He'd be like, I work with you. Enough of this shit. This is unprofessional. You are a dickhead. I'm older than you and I'll beat you up after work. But no, that's not how the movie goes. That wouldn't be fun if Hubie was tough, I guess. And then it cuts to Kevin James. He's the cop. He's in his car watching YouTube videos. He's got a big beard. I wonder if it's still from the Becky movie because it looks pretty real. His hair's a big mullet though. He looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. And... It's just, he has no time for Hubie. Hubie knocks on a thing. He's like, oh, fuck off. But he just got a call as well saying that Richie Hartman just broke out of the mental hospital and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, don't you have a history with him? He's like, yeah, I hope he shows up. But he's clearly scared. Like, oh shit. Uh, maybe he put him there under false pretenses. Who knows? But what we've learned from the first five minutes is that this town thinks it's completely cool to bully someone who potentially is mentally challenged. I'm not sure if he is or not. Or maybe the weird mouth thing is like a defense thing. So instead of saying anything that he wants to say, he kind of just holds his mouth and he's just over time got used to doing it and he talks in this weird accent because it's his way of holding back what he really wants to say. I don't know, that's my justification of the way his mouth looks so stupid. But yeah, this town thinks it's completely cool to bully Hubie Dwyer. The family, the mum, the dad, all the kids, get grandma involved, let's bully Hubie today. And it's just like, why? Why is this cool? This isn't funny. After a while, it's just an entire town bullying and harassing an adult man for no particular reason apart from him having a passion and trying to protect the town. That's all I can get from what I've seen so far. It's just not that funny and they're bottom barrel jokes and I just don't get what I'm watching, but I'll keep going. So he's talking to Kevin James and he's talking about, oh, there must be a connection issue with the police station every time I ring. And then it shows Keenan Thompson hanging up on him every time he rings. Hey, hey, it's Hubie. Hey, Hubie. Police are fucking rude to him because he calls up all the time reporting things, I guess. I get like he's annoying, but it's kind of just start to feel bad for him. No one is giving this guy a break at this fucking point. He's there. And then these are Doyle kids. Doyle rules. Classic Billy Madison. They're chasing him with scream masks on. There's a whole gang of them. They're throwing rocks at him. He's doing all these fucking acrobats and dodging it all. It's like, where are these fucking skills coming from? But then he stacks it, falls on the grass. Steve Buscemi's there. Hey, I'm Walter Lambert. Um, nice to meet you. I'm your new neighbor. It's like, I love all the decorations. Yeah, your kids must love them. He's like, uh, I don't actually have any kids. I just live here with my mum. He's like, oh, oh, okay. Well, cool. I, I love that classic old ghost sheet there. And it's just a piss stained sheet for some reason out the front, which is a Waterboy reference as well. And and he's just like, yeah. And by the way, if you hear any screams, um, any noises from my house, just whatever you do, don't come over. Like, just ignore it. Okay. And then Hubie walks inside, gets a massive scare from a Halloween decoration at the front door. He screams, Hubie, did that thing scare you again? Oh, uh, no, I'm just practicing my screams. We see his mum. It's this sweet old lady. She has a shirt though that says Bona Donor. Apparently, Hubie and his mum, for the 150 years combined they've been alive, have never heard the word Bona. So this is an ongoing joke that goes on, as well as the shirt 
shirts. She wears these ironic shirts throughout the whole movie after this. But yeah, no one knows what boner means, so he picks it up thinking it means mistake. And it's just, you feel so bad for Hubie because his mum's just talking to him, oh, did those little kids bully you again? He's like, oh, it's all good. <laughs> it didn't hurt me physically. Oh, physically, so mentally and emotionally, you were fucked up. And he's just gone through so much trauma and you can tell he's just worn down by it. And this poor guy just wants to try to live his life and do the right thing and everyone is just giving him shit. It then shows there's a huge parade in Salem, the unofficial capital of the world for Halloween. And then one of the news reporters, Adam Sandler's wife, they're all dressed as Halle Quinn. There's three of them all got the same outfit and they're like, it's the one time of the year to show your ex what he's missing out on. This is just to show that everyone in the town is going to be here tonight for the big parade, the celebrations. Everyone in town's going to be there. Don't miss out. And there's some sort of display on there and Hubie bumps into Vicky again and they're like, hey, and he was looking at yearbooks, which is just pathetic in my eye because apart from when you first get it and maybe you find it later on, you might have a quick look, but he's like looking through it as if like he does it daily and you're like, oh, it's so sad. But she was married to Kevin James, but they've been divorced for four years and he just loves her and she fucking loves him. She's so forward. She goes right in his face. I love the way you word things. He's like, eh, yeah. And then he backs off because I think he's just like, there's no way in the world she likes him. He's just not picking up on the signs even though she's so fucking forward about it. But he brings up that he's got a new neighbor. Oh, it's Walter Lambert. She's like, wait, what's the name? Walter Lambert. That's a grave next to where my dad was buried and all that sort of stuff. He's like, wait, what? So he goes to the graveyard and this is like showing that he's got this fucking flask that can be a vacuum cleaner. It's a telescope. It's a shovel. How in the fucking world, if this isn't a magical movie, how can this flask do all this shit? And if it is and he made it, why isn't he famous and a millionaire for being like the world's best inventor for making a fucking flask that he's drinking soup out of constantly turn into a, every appliance that you ever need? Completely uncharged by batteries. Absolutely no one questions the fact that you own it or how it was made and no one seems to want to know that fucking technology. It's a fucking go-go gadget fucking flask. It's not funny the fact that it can do all these fucking things. It's just weird and it just seems, why? Why has he got this? How has he got all these skills, this acrobat skills, all these inventing skills, but he's just some guy who works in the deli with no fucking hopes apart from that. But yeah, I, I've got on a rant now, I'm sorry. But yeah, Hubie goes to the graveyard to find this tombstone and all that sort of stuff to find out what's going on. But it's directly next to the funeral. It's Ray Liotta's dad's funeral. Some lady singing Wind Beneath My Wings. Michael Chiklis is the priest guy. He calls Hubie Booby. And so there's Pubie, Booby, and all these low-level fucking jokes written by a five-year-old kid or something. Hubie's rolling in the dirt. His magical flask is now a shovel and he's digging the dirt away. He's trying to see the birth date, but there's no end date. He's like, wait, he didn't die. What the hell? So he's still but he's hundreds of years old. He's from the 1600. And then Ray Liotta comes over. Oh, hey. And he's like, I love the Wicked Witch of the West outfit. He's talking about the mum who's in like black and it's not a costume, Hubie. Sorry about the other day. You know, I was upset because my dad died suddenly and all this sort of stuff. He's, you know, my dad would have loved a good joke. And he's like, he would love this. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then pushes Hubie into the fucking grave on top of the coffin. He's like, <laughs> And then Hubie just starts sitting there drinking soup. You're not even going to try to get out. And then the guy starts shoveling dirt in and he goes, uh, I'm trying to eat soup down here. The dad's alive! And has a heart attack and falls in there. And he gets out, obviously, but he thinks his neighbor now is 400 years old. And I should mention, there's also, every time he's riding a bike, it's kind of updating what's happening within the movie. There's a radio voice that is basically like the Warriors thing, like, hey there, boppers, watch out for them Warriors. They're heading downtown. But every time he rides a bike now, 
up. The eggs have upgraded to rocks and bricks and it doesn't show who's throwing it. It's just the town just randomly, every time they see him, throws projectiles at him, hoping to fucking knock him out and kill him. I, I don't know what they're doing. It's not a funny joke. It's just like, who the fuck does this shit? It's crazy. Hubie is a sucker for punishment because he goes to this school to give a demonstration. He shows up in the fucking pissy stained sheet. Oh, why would you wear that out of every fucking thing? But he's like, ghost. And then the O'Doyle kid cannot read. The teacher fucking shames him massively. He keeps going and then he says some shit and the kids get upset and they're like, let's fucking get him because he makes one of the kids cry because he scares him. He's like, oh, kill him, kill him. And the kids start crying. They're like, get him. And every single person literally in this hall throws food at him. Not a single teacher decides to stop it considering the fucking mess it's made. His flask turns in an umbrella. So he's like stopped all of it. He's like, I guess you're out of food. And then he gets hit in the face of the dodgeball, which is another Billy Madison reference where he's like, you're all in big, big trouble now. And I thought when Billy Madison was in the bathtub, he used to do that stupid mouth thing then. He's like, dad, looking at me, swan. So it's like Adam Sandler did this joke in 1996 and then thought, hey, I got some laughs back then. I'm going to do this stupid mouth and dumb voice for 30 more years, I guess. It's like, oh, mate, move on with your fucking comedy. No one stops these kids from fucking throwing shit at him. And then we see Steve Buscemi boarding up the house and he's like, how old is he? He's like, I don't really count in years. But then he's trying to block the door as if like he's trying to stop himself from getting out of the house and it's a full moon. You're like, ooh, what's all this about, hey? <laughs> and Hubie's ready to hit the town. It's Halloween night. He's going to go out and patrol the town even though the town does not deserve it at all. They should just all fucking die because they're so scum to women and all that. But he's going to do it anyway and he's like, it's a full moon. So what can that hold for us? I've spent a lot of time trying to defend Hubie but this is like another side of it where you're like, oh, I could see how this could get annoying after a while. Like he's going around, hey, that's just one piece of candy. If we didn't have rules, the place is going to go to chaos. And they're like, fuck off. And then like Tim Meadows shows up who I think was on like SNL for like so long. It's just like, he's got no career now. He's in Mean Girls. He's pretty good in that, I guess. And he was in that. He's a loser bullying him. It's like, oh, he's the only person that he can feel better by because it's like everyone else probably bullies him. Hubie's going around annoying everyone. He goes to this like dance, breaking everyone up from kissing and pouring out the drinks and just being really annoying. And then he does this big speech. They're filming it and he's talking about boners and he's like, I made some boners in my day and I wish there was some boners I could get back. He's just talking about boners and I'm like, I don't think he knows what boners mean. And like, no, absolutely not. He does not know what boners means. This is hilarious. And then the Indian guy's like, give me a minute. I'm going to go outside, tell him there's a kid stuck in the corn maze and I'm going to scare the shit out of him. And the guy's like, does he scare easy? And then it's like a little flashback scene of all these like times he's been scared at work. He's like, oh yeah, he scares easy. And it's like, all right. And he's like, all right, see you everyone. Oh, Mr. Duar, there's, um, there's a person down the corn maze. I, I can hear him screaming. He, he's going, help me, help me. And he's like, all right, I've got a duty to go out there and save him. And he's also very scared of everything. Oh, and also he went to Steve Buscemi's house because the guy was like, oh, there's a lot of weird noises going in there. He's like, I got told not to go there. He's like, you should really check it out. I'm on the job. And he runs in there. He falls down the basement because his fucking flask opens it up because there's a drill as well, apparently. He falls down there. Steve Buscemi's in the corner eating like some fucking piece of meat or whatever. He's got blood on him. He's all monstrous like he's a werewolf now or some shit. And that's what he's trying to board himself in, jumps out the open window and that's what happened with him. And you're like, what the fuck was that about? Hubie's about to go in the corn maze to save this Indian kid, but he doesn't know it's him. He thinks it's a little kid and two of the teenagers are going in after Hubie to help him because they feel bad and it's also Violet's son or because they're the only ones in this whole town that feel bad. And then the girl who works at the coffee shop's gone with him because she likes the guy. This is not fair that this guy's getting bullied and finally someone's doing something about it. The Indian kid's in there and then he's trying to be like, I'm gonna get you. And he's trying to be all scary and he thinks he's fucking funny. I don't get how he's the hot bully or whatever or what the fuck. He's like, he looks like a loser. He should be the 
one getting bullied. And now it's backfired because the Indian guy's trapped. He's got corn there. He's tied up. He's like, oh yeah, real funny. And then he just gets fucking dragged, like supernaturally dragged into the corn and then disappears. And you're like, what the fuck just happened there? Who the hell did this? What did that? How do you just drag a person so easy? What the hell? This town is full of unrelatable people. No one in this movie resembles a human. There's a couple, the one family, Violet's family are the only people that resemble humans in this fucking thing. And the mum's nice and all that sort of shit. Every other fucking character is horrible. Like Hubie's doing all this shit. The fucking Maya Rudolph and all these people are like bullying him at a drive-thru while he's trying to find this stuff. He does a grappling gun now in the fucking flask. He gets knocked out for a little bit. The O'Doyle kids are there. All these people are bullying him. All they do is like, oh, Hubie's here. Let's fucking bully him. I'm like, don't you have anything better to do? Watch the fucking movie. They do anything. These happy Madison people, not Bashimi and Spade and all them. They got a little bit more class. But these hanger-ons, like the fucking C-grade hanger-ons in the Happy Madison crew will do anything. Tim Meadows and stuff like that specifically would just fucking any crumb of comedy, any line, any fucking stupid little thing that Adam Sandler's written, he'll do, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. I'll be the pathetic fucking loser with a shitty wig on and that's funny, right? Yeah, people love me. I'll be in better movies after this probably. This is just like a stepping stone. It's not. It's your only stone. Oh, they fire me up. They're so shit. But the fucking mayor, Kevin James is getting a little bit more into like what Hubie's saying. He's like, hey, you might actually be onto something here. I'll tell the mayor and he's like, oh, thank you so much and all this sort of stuff. Thank you for actually listening. And Kevin James goes to the mayor and he's like, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on. He's like, smell my feet. Smell my feet. Smell my feet. What? Smell my feet. What the fuck? You're the mayor of the town. Shouldn't you be worried that there's someone running around killing people and taking them away and all this sort of shit and you're fucking saying smell my feet? Like, it's not funny. Smell my feet. He's saying it just a million ways. What the fuck? Did you have a stroke and this is all you can say now? Who voted for this fucking idiot? It's just embarrassing. Nothing in this is funny. It's so shitty. Like, the songs in it are pretty catchy, the nice Halloween sort of songs. And like, visually, if you had it on mute, it would probably be like a cool thing because everything in it looks nice. The coloring is good. Everything's fucking spooky looking. The fucking lines in this. So so many of these people that aren't their core cast. It's just horrible. They're pathetic people and I don't get who wrote this. But whatever, enough of that shit. He goes to the diner. He goes sees Violet. She loves him so much and he's just not picking up on the signs at all. He gets three different soups, puts them all together in his magical flask, finds out the kids are missing so he's out there to find them. He actually does put them all together and then the guy's girlfriend or girl he likes is like, oh, so cute. So they're all happy families and all that sort of shit. So he's done something good, but he's, I'm going to go out. I'm going to patrol. And then they show Steve Buscemi and he's all got fucking hairy arms and he's running around. He sees Hubie's mom and he's like, oh, hey, you must be the neighbor. I'm next door. And she's like, oh, hello. He's like, sorry about your lawn. And she's like, it happens every year. And it shirt says Muff Diver now. But yeah, someone's like set one of the fucking things on fire. You're like, what the fuck? What? They could burn someone's house down. This is it goes to see Rishimi. He goes in the house. He's handcuffing himself down because he sees the light. He's like, oh no. So he's like a real strong werewolf vibe. And then the guy who's been broken out of the fucking prison, who's creepy, he's wearing a pig mask, finally shows up, takes the mask off and it's Rob Schneider. And you're like, oh, there you are. I thought we were going to have a movie without you for once. But no, he shows up, but he's quite a calm person. He's not like playing some weird Hawaiian diver like he does in most of the other ones. Doesn't say you can do it though. That's a shame. I do enjoy that every time I see it for some reason guilty pleasure there but he shows up and he's like we gotta talk cuts back to Hubie and he's showing up because he's kind of like oh no I think he's a werewolf and he can only be killed with fucking silver bullets and he goes to this ghost house he sees a husky out the front he's like Walter whoever you are deep down in your fur I need you to come back to the human side and then the dog eats its own shit and you're like oh why are these jokes these are like low-hanging fruit jokes they're just pathetic and then he goes into the haunted house and he 
he's just shitting himself and it's kind of funny because it's just so ridiculous because all the haunted actors are like what the fuck like they're getting worried by him because he's reacting so badly and we should stop this guy's like genuinely freaking out but he has to keep going because he's trying to get Walter and shoot him with a silver bullet so Hubie finds him eventually turns out it's just the teacher's dog it's not Walt at all and all that sort of stuff so it's lucky he didn't kill the dog and be like oh uh sorry I thought it was a werewolf like what the fuck but that didn't happen but then everyone's there the cops there and the mayor's kind of getting all this shit because they're like wait you knew a kid got taken in the cornfields you didn't do anything because it's bad for business what the hell is like I just want people in Salem to celebrate this time of the year is our revenue this is where we make all our money for the year and they're like what the fuck a kid is missing you were the worst mayor ever and then Kevin James shows up okay so we got to look for a guy he's like barely clothed he's got a lot of hair on his arms we think he's maybe a wolf and he's behind all this and then he's calling in Keenan Thompson and all this sort of stuff explaining it to him as well he's like oh yeah we've got a man he's got hairy arms he glued hair all over his arms and there's another guy who broke out from the prison they're both here they um handed themselves in like 45 minutes ago he's like wait you've had them for 45 minutes he's like yeah almost an hour he's like yeah they've been here for ages it's kind of cute actually he came back to get his friend to bring him back then who the fuck's behind all this if they've been here this whole time this just happened but then the fucking Rob Schneider and Steve Buscemi are sitting there Steve Buscemi looks like a fucking wreck he's like got all this hair on his arms thinking he's a werewolf and they're like what have you been up to Rob Schneider's saying oh yeah I pissed on a gravestone pissed in the street you know just pissing stuff and he's like no one pisses more than you and he's like yeah I'm actually pissing now and then it shows his white pants are just getting soaked with piss and you're like what the fuck and then Steve Buscemi licks his hand and it's like the funniest scene in the fucking movie you're like what the fuck it's so random and weird and then he like scratches under his chin and he fucking like scratches his leg <laughs> it's just so ridiculous and he's like let's get back now he's and he's like we've got to take him back to the mental home I mean werewolf treatment facility so those two are out of the story now they're saved and all that sort of shit then what the fuck is dragging all these people away so everyone there is like well all these people seem to be connected to Hubie somehow I think it's him and he's like what no it's not me and they're like let's get him it's Hubie and then he's like wait over there Frankenstein and they're like what they all turn and then he disappears and they're like did he just pull the old Frankenstein trick and he's run off now but yeah everyone thinks Hubie is the one behind all this somehow also should have mentioned that Ray Liotta was grabbed in the haunted house and pulled away like the guy in the cornfield did but that is all we've seen with that we don't really know what's going on with that and then Hubie's running away and all this sort of stuff sees a radio tower he's like oh Aurora my favorite voice I call in every week to goes in there and it's like hey boppers and then he looked through the window it's Shaquille O'Neal it's this huge fucking guy look you know who Shaquille O'Neal is what and he's like oh hey that's just my radio voice what the fuck and he's like yeah it's my real voice man you're like what hey is this funny I don't understand why are you doing a girl's voice on the radio it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever but it's just some plot device I guess to lead us into the next scene and then at one point his wife or girlfriend comes in and she's like hey buddy how are you going he's like oh can't wait to hear your real voice and he's like this is my real voice and you're like oh okay so one has a girl voice who's a man and one has a man voice but it's a girl and you're just lame just lame is the best way to describe it I don't get where they thought that was going to get a huge laugh what idiots laughing going, oh that's so fucking clever it turns out Hubie is the second most frequent caller to the radio station because there's one other person and they might be a little bit uh, keen on Hubie because one day they kept calling it Sweetie and all this sort of stuff but then after a few Chardonnays they accidentally said Hubie because they dedicate a song to it every week and they're like I think you know who it is and then he's like oh my god there's only one person who likes me and then Kevin James shows up and he's all evolved now he's kind of like yeah okay Hubie's onto something we better follow this up and he's like who's the one person in town who generally wants to talk to you and then he's like oh yeah it's Violet he's like oh my ex-wife 
life, what the fuck? So they set up a sting operation for some weird reason they meet up at the dock. She shows up and she's real suspicious, like, yes, why did you want me to show up here? I don't understand. Is there something you want to tell me? And then the safe word to get out of this, so the cop showed up, was Pumpkin, and he starts instantly going, Pumpkin, over, Pumpkin, over. And they're not helping at all. And then he's like, I've loved you since the second grade. That's what I wanted to tell you. And she's like, I've loved you since the first grade. I only got married because I never thought you'd be interested. I would have married you if I could. And then Kenny Thompson's listening and he's like, oh, even that hurt me. And Kevin James is just like, fuck off, who cares? And then basically he's like, oh wait, we've just traced where the call's coming from. It's coming from your mother's house. And then he's like, oh no, I gotta go. And she's like, I love you. So Hubie goes to his mum's house or his house, I should say, shows up. Michael Chiklis is hanging from the trees. Like, oh no, they got the father. And then he's like, goes up closer and then he goes, boo, and scares him. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> he's like, I gotta get there. The killer's in my mother's house. He's like, your mum's the only one in the house. You're like, oh, the, who's the second other person who really likes Hubie? Hey, Hubie, are you gonna get me down? And then he just keeps going in the house. It's like, why the fuck would I get you down? You fucking idiot. You bullied me all the time. You meant to be a father and you meant to have peace and love and faith and shit. And you're a dickhead. So stay up there. I'm gonna use you as a pinata later if I have time. But that's what he's done. So he's gone into the house because he's like, the killer's with my mum. Really a surprise now, but he goes inside. The mum's sitting there in the dark. There's a mask next to it, which was the mask from the haunted house. And it's, mum, um, are you a special little someone? She's like, Hubie, you've always been my special someone. He's like, I told you, if you don't stand up to those bullies, someone else will. Um, I got a little something for you outside. He goes outside and it's Ray Liotta, Maya Rudolph, Tim Meadows, and the Indian kid who's dressed as Freddie Mercury. They're tied up on stakes, ready to get burned like the witches back in Salem in 1600s. And he's just like, oh, mom, what are you doing? She's like, I did this for you. These guys bully you all the time. It's not fair. And all I was thinking was like, how the fuck did this happen? Like this old lady is hobbling as she walks out here. And it's kind of like, how did they get pulled? I want to know that part. Like fair enough, you could maybe sort of drug them or you grab them by fucking surprise and tie them up or something. How the hell did this old lady put these fully grown adults who are nice and fit and all that sort of shit on these stakes and none of them fought her off and all that. There's no supernatural theme here. It's not like she's a witch and she was using magic or anything like this. She's just an old lady who is sick of her son getting bullied so she's finally done the revenge for him because he's too nice to do it. He's like, that's not my sort of thing. Just let them be them. If that's who they are, then whatever. I'll take the bullying. I'm just not going to fight them. But then she's basically going to burn them. She's pouring petrol there. The cop shows up. Kevin James is there. Kenan Thompson's. They had to bring Rob Schneider and Steve Buscemi and they're all like, hands up. Two of them are just using their fingers and they're like, what are they doing here? And like, there was literally no one at the police station. We had to bring them. And they're like, oh, fair enough. The TV crew shows up. It's Adam Sandler's real life wife. A live update and all this sort of bullshit. And his mum's about to throw the match. She lights it, throws it. He throws his soup. It just slow motion, puts the flame out. He saves the day. Untie you idiot. Get us off here. And she's like, what is wrong with you? What has he done to you? And all that sort of stuff. And this is where they start opening up about why they're sort of jealous of him and why they're being dickheads and all this sort of stuff but it's like such a sort of sad moment of honestly you've bullied my son his whole life what did he ever do to you it's kind of like oh mate you're tugging the heartstrings there love their responses were pretty average pretty low nothing deep or anything like that which I mean it's not a surprise at this point in the movie Ray Liotta's response was that he was jealous of him because he's dumb and he uses big words all the time and I'm like most of the words he used in the movie were wrong I'm like what words are you jealous of what a pathetic excuse the Tim Meadows guy was just jealous because he has hair and he doesn't. He lost it 20 years ago. My Rudolph's one was just that some about sex or like, 
I can tell he hasn't had sex, but there's hope. How, what are you jealous of that for? It makes no sense. These are like pathetic reasons. And then the guy he works with was just like, well, he doesn't have to do anything and he's just kind of cool and he's comfortable with who he is. I try so hard to try to be cool. And you're like, okay, at least that was kind of a reason why you'd be annoyed with someone. But none of these were excuses to bully them. Like that was so pathetic. Like none of those reasons. Oh, there's hope for sex. Okay, so that's why you bully him all the time? Doesn't make any sense. It's really strong on the whole bullying aspect and don't bully people for no reason and all that sort of crap. But then the mum does the whole, hey, it's Frankenstein and everyone turns and then she runs away and she's like, <laughs> So I was like, was she a witch or she just laughed like one? Because nothing explained how she moved those people or got them there. But I guess they're not really going to explain that sort of stuff. We just have to assume she did it with her 80 year old body and strength that she would definitely have. And then Hubie declares his love for Violet on the TV. And then they kiss each other via the TV screens. And then it cuts to a year later and they're married and the adopted kids are now calling them dad. And they live together as a happy family and the son's going out with the cafe girl still and now Hubie is the mayor and now Kevin James is showing him up to give him a police escort down the street and then it's like oh no the O'Doyle kids are there and like Hubie and he's like oh shit yep happy Halloween you're the man and he's like oh yes have a good Halloween everyone have a good night fright well and all this sort of stuff so the whole town loves him now and then there's a voiceover it's Aurora again he's like well it seems like everything's wrapped up nice and well for Sailor Man have a happy Halloween out there to our most frequent caller, Hubie Dewar, our beloved mayor. So now apparently within a year, he's become the mayor for some reason. I guess they were just like, hey, we feel bad. Make him the mayor, I guess. So I guess just anyone can be a mayor these days or at least in this little town. But there's not much else to say. The movie ends with some bloopers over the credits. It's kind of funny a little bit to see some stuff. And he actually did the scene where he gets hit with the dodge boy. He's like, you're all in big, big trouble now. There were a few little scenes and stuff that were good in this. Overall, it was just like, oh, it was embarrassing. Like some of the jokes, they're the main thing that was the issue. It's like, what the fuck? That and the throwing things constantly. I don't understand. Every time he rides, they keep throwing stuff. There was one point he went to the fucking woods and there were like weird bears throwing stuff as well. And you're like, who is throwing all this stuff? Like there's no explanation of why this is happening or how the mum grabbed everyone. I don't understand this whole like supernatural pulling thing. And there's a whole bunch of shit where I like the whole misdirecting because you don't really understand what the hell's happening happening at first you're like oh it's Steve Buscemi he's a werewolf no oh no it's the girlfriend no it's not her oh it's the mum didn't see that coming that sort of stuff was good the songs are nice and all that sort of stuff visually it looked nice I enjoyed the whole look of the fucking town and all that sort of shit just the fucking jokes so terrible it was lame some nice little bloopers and then the little tribute to Cameron Boyce which I think was meant to be in this and you know he died that was sad and all that sort of stuff there's not much else I can say that I haven't said already but it's just essentially it's funny people in unfunny roles and the only honorable mentions probably Steve Buscemi he was great in this I love how weird he is and he just seems to like enjoy and make the most of these roles because you know he can do good stuff and I don't know like Ray Liotta he's so talented as well but he just fucking I don't know maybe he just didn't get a good part but he did it anyway like sometimes they're just like fuck it I just need a little bit of money I'll do the movie I don't know yeah Steve Buscemi he's the honorable mention from this movie and the cameo from Ben Stiller that was fucking amazing I love that it wasn't much but it's just like oh i never thought i'd get to see him again that was all i can say for 2020's hubie halloween which was episode 8 of season 2 of the creepy crap podcast if you've liked what you've heard today and want to reach out to the creepy crap podcast here's how you can do it 
You can reach me at Twitter at CreepyCrapPod. That's CreepyCrapPod on Twitter. Or you can check out the podcast-related videos on YouTube at CreepyCrapPodcast. Subscribe to the channel on there. CreepyCrapPodcast is also on Facebook. You can follow the page on there like that. Or you could get the personal page, Daniel Crapstar. That's Facebook, CreepyCrapPodcast, or Daniel Crapstar. And for the main home of the podcast, you can follow on Instagram at the CreepyCrapPodcast. You can send a message there, talk about a collaboration, suggest a movie, talk about promos, any of that good stuff. That's the Creepy Crap Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to suggest the podcast to someone else, you can get me on all the major podcast platforms. That's right. That's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of them. You can go on there. You can rate, leave a review, like, follow, all that good stuff. Download some episodes. That's on all the major podcast platforms. That's where you can listen or follow the Creepy Crap Podcast. And as promised, we're going to finish off the episode with a great track from a wicked band called Calabrese. You want some Calabrese between your knees? Then keep listening. You can get these guys at CalabreseRock.com and you can get them on Spotify and everywhere you can get music, you'll find these guys. They're a wicked band. Uh, they're on YouTube. You can get them on Instagram, Calabrese666, man. A fucking wicked band. Yeah, i got a track and it's called Let Doom Overtake Her. That's going to finish off the episode today and this was episode 8, Cubie Halloween from 2020, season 2 of the Creepy Crap Podcast, the Australian Horror Podcast, hosted by Daniel Craig. Thank you, Creepy Crapsters, for listening. Hope you love the track, and keep your eyes open for the next upcoming episodes, because we've got some great guests coming up, and you'll be like, what? This guy talks to everyone now. So enjoy Let Doom Overtake Us from Calabrese. You've been listening to the Creepy Crap Podcast. My name's Daniel Craig. P.S. I still love Adam Sandler. I just don't like him in these sort of roles. But yes, thank you for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.